Did you know this podcast is powered by Acast? Acast is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories. You're listening to Fox Given, the one with Andrew Gerza. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Andrew. Hi. Hey. Welcome to Fox Given. Thank you for having me. Mm. All the way from Toronto, right? Toronto, Canada. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Amazing. It's so good to have you here. We've been following you on social media for a long while now, and you've done inspiring stuff, but I'd mm-hmm. love for you to tell our curious fuckers a little bit about yourself. Uh, wow, where do I start? Hi, my name is... <laughs> Andrew Gerza. I'm a. I go by he and they. Uh, I'm a queer disabled man w- who uses a wheelchair. Um, yeah, I'm baby. A dis- disability awareness consultant, mm-hmm. working primarily in sexuality and disability and around queerness. Um, Amazing. I work with sex workers to have my needs met. Um, Oh my god, we love our sex workers, don't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're so great. <laughs> all the all that stuff. So. I'm I'm uh, your number one queer cripple. So hey, and you have an amazing podcast. Did you? Oh yes, I'm, your podcast. I didn't mention my own podcast. <laughs> I also am the host of Disability After Dark, which started out as a sex podcast, but yeah. kind, of, kind of morphed into like a disability story podcast mm, because. Yeah. When you run a show for four years, you run out of ideas really fast. <laughs> yeah, it can be quite tough. Florence and I were saying, as much as we love our podcast and the format, we're, it's almost like we're just a little bit, like, it's the same format every single time. And so yeah. it ends up going into very weird, dark realms because you're trying to change things up <laughs> a little bit. Like, yeah, to make it, like, new and different. And it's, so I, it's, it's shifted my show from mm. a sex and disability podcast to... Literally, a uh, disability story podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing! I was I thought you were going to come out with like just pure filth. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are shows that are just pure filth. There, there have been and will be shows that are just me being dirty. But, but, um, you know, I really, I really love doing that because it's one of a kind. It's mm. there are no other really podcasts out there like that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so yeah. amazing. Like, no one ever talks about sex and disability. It's not a conversation that you ever really hear. It's becoming more of a conversation within mm-hmm. certain circles but it's yeah. still very much taboo and so that's why the work i do with my as a consultant and the work i do with my company the handy mm. that i'm that i that i'm creating the first line of sex toys for people with disabilities with the team of us wow. there yeah. um we're really really excited about that so yeah all my work is really trying to make make that conversation yeah uh something we can all have access to that's yeah, you're amazing. really making waves. Yeah, oh, thank I mean, you. your your hashtag "Disabled People Are Hot" went viral and kicked so off such quickly. Yeah, it went viral so qu- I couldn't believe that happened. It was uh, beautiful. It's um, been over. It's been over a year now, and that's it's since the media attention has kind of died down. But for a couple of days, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, I guess I'm really famous. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it just it shows us how much of a need there is for us to mm-hmm. be able to talk about disabilities and sex and. Yeah. I'm, I'm just we're just so grateful to have someone making waves and and we just need to talk about it more it needs to be everywhere on everyone's agenda and everyone needs to be thinking about it yeah, yeah. because you know what disability is going to become a part of our of all of our lives at some mm-hmm. point whether that be through our own mm-hmm. aging process and becoming disabled ourselves or whether you know you meet somebody in your life that happens to be disabled and you want to fuck them or you want to get to know them or you want to yeah spend time with them you're going to encounter it one way or the other yeah. so we, we need to start having conversations about it now 
Yeah, yes. 100%. Yes, please. Let's get into the juicy details. I'm ready. Fuck number one. The last fuck. Ooh. Well, <laughs> we're in the middle of we're in the middle of pandemic times. We are, yeah. Uh, so my last fuck was literally seven months ago. Oh, um, yeah, wow. I haven't had sex in almost a year, which feels really weird because I yeah. would normally hire, <laughs> I would normally work with my sex workers within a two week time period. I would see. I'd have a session with somebody. Two yeah. weeks. That's you're getting more dick than I am. I mean, <laughs> I have I have one primary sex worker, and he's it's quality quality cock. Qu- quality, so like, yeah, quality it's, cock. It's, it's good value quality, for money. It's quality <laughs> cock, so it's it's worth my money. It's worth my time. So like, I would normally see him once every two weeks, once every three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so to not have that over seven months is like what the what? Yeah. I mean, but it, I remember it being. We just have fun. We've been working with each other now for three years yeah um and it's just something i really enjoy our time together because it's like yeah we're working together but also we're we're friends so there's a sense of like i can be a dirty slut if i want to i can be i can ask him to like you know do stuff that i would normally ask i can be um, playful or i or i can just say you know do you want to have a session where we don't fuck and we just yeah uh, hang out for an hour like it's really become this really comfortable, yeah. It sounds like thing. it sounds like you've got like that ultimate comfortableness in yeah. that sort of relationship. You, I mean, that's really rare. It's rare to find someone that you can be that open with about mm-hmm. like all your sexual needs and desires. Yeah, and it's not what you imagine sex workers to be like either. A lot of people think of sex workers as just sex, and they are so much more. We we are so much more. Yeah, being a sex worker myself, it it you're a therapist. You're you're you're, you're a friend. Comes, you you're a lover. You're, yeah. you're you're a you're a fuck, but you're also yeah. all the, you're all of these things all at once. And so with my primary sex worker, like we we just have such a an important connection, and I was his first disabled person he'd ever slept with so i i take real pride in that that i get to be his first yeah his first first cripple as i like to say um (laughs) i was his first you know disabled person that he had sex with and that to me is a huge opportunity to teach somebody yeah like so i will never forget just teaching him and watching him be like i'd never I've never done this. Like I'm, mm-hmm. and I've had him on my show. And we've talked about it, and, and just to have him learn about that is really special for me. And I'm really, really proud of what mm. I got to show him in that moment. Yeah, he sounds amazing. How how did you manage to teach him? Like, what would you uh, suggest for someone who is disabled who wants to teach somebody? What would be the steps to go through? Mm. I think you have to guide them through. I think you have to because people have a lot of ableism around sex and disability. Mm. They're afraid to talk about it. They assume that disabled people can't have sex can't experience pleasure can't experience joy in the bedroom can't you know can't fuck like gangbusters and (laughs) there are a lot of things i can't i can't physically thrust like i'm unable to do that so i can't i can't you know do a lot of physical stuff but Mm -hmm. i can make somebody come i can make somebody enjoy themselves like and so teaching him that i was viable that i was that you could be rough with me, that you could be, you didn't have to walk on eggshells around me. You didn't have Mm. to, you could ask me questions about my disability. You could joke with me about my disability and it could be, that would be okay. Like that was really what I learned, what I taught him. And now we have such a playful relationship. Like the minute we see each other, it's, we don't even, it's not like we immediately start fucking. We'll, sit down, have a chat, we'll ask each other about each other's days, we'll say, you know, how's your week going, how are things, and yeah. then and then, eventually it'll lead into the sex, but it's not, it's, and sometimes we have sessions where I'm like, I want to fuck you right now, let's go, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's a respect and there's an understanding, and in, in my, with my sex, I, um, I have a special hoist that i used to get in and out of bed for my disability mm-hmm. and so we use that as part of our sex play oh my god Ooh. yes and we use that as part of our like we don't have sex in, in that hoist because it's 
it wouldn't be super safe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, you need a proper I, sex swing. W- I was going to say, it's probably safer than some sex swings out there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, probably, it, it probably is. <laughs> but like when I'm eating him out or whatever, he'll anchor his body up against that and that's kind of hot uh, because yeah. like he's using something that is a medical device to be something, you know, something that is sexy and that's mm. really fun. Yeah, yeah, I guess like normalizing like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Him mm-hmm. showing you that he's like completely comfortable with everything about you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there he has to undress me, like he has to get me out of my chair. Mm-hmm. He has to put a special the sling on that I use to get from the chair to the bed. Like there's a lot of stuff that I had to teach him. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of times he was scared and I was mm-hmm. scared and I, did, I wanted it to be still sexy. But now it's like I mean, we haven't seen each other in 7 months. Yeah. Which, believe me, I am craving some quality <laughs> talk. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I said to him, when this is over and we're allowed to fuck again, I'm booking you for like an extended period of time. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like a weekend or a week, week yeah. getaway. Like a, or like a good, or like a good, you know, we usually see each other for two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I said, I'll probably, I'm gonna, I might book you for like, you know, two to four hours. Let me know what works for you. Let's, I want to spend that time because I think, like he's just really special, and we yeah. we've also you know we're hitting up on a, in October will be our third year, you know like fuck anniversary of working together. Yeah, <laughs> and so like that's it. Just he's the longest person that I've ever spent time with sexually, mm-hmm. and that to me is just important and special because it's very rare for anybody to have that that kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah, but especially for somebody with disabilities. Mm-hmm. who has been denied their sexuality and the, their chance to express sexuality so often that yeah. to know that I have somebody that I trust and care about, that yeah. I can also fuck like gangbusters is really nice. <laughs> yeah, like he gangbusters. sounds amazing. <laughs> how, how have you been finding, um, like, being without that connection during these seven months? Like, ha- like have you been keeping in contact? Do you have, like virtual yeah we chat we've done we've done virtual we haven't done virtual sex because that just is not i mean it's hot and it's fun to like what it's fun to be sent videos and that's yeah but it's not it doesn't give me the same kind of pleasure of being touched because a lot of the touch that i receive every day is from caregivers and from attending Mm. care workers and so to not have that's why i keep saying to him like when we get the chance to do this like I really want it to be special and I really want to spend an extra amount of time with you because I've missed, I've mi- like, I've missed that, that expression of my, of who I am. Yeah. So it's been really hard to not have that. But at the same time, I want to stay safe and I want to stay. Yeah, of course. I want to keep him safe and myself safe. Yeah. Being yeah. responsible. You're a fun- yeah. responsible slut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's totally, that's exactly right. Fuck two. The first fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh. You're making, oh. Me, you're making oh. me go going to some dark territory there. Uh, my first time, I was 19. Mm-hmm. I had just moved away to college. I had never had sex before. I never even kissed a boy before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to get, have, to get laid. This yeah. is back in 2003. I uh, I went on a now defunct gay website called gay.com, mm-hmm. which is where like a lot of gay dudes went to basically look for dick. And so I went <laughs> on this site and I I was typing it. I didn't know how to respond to dudes. I didn't know how to be dirty. I was very innocent and shy. So I said like, hello, people on the internet that I'm talking to. I want to I want to receive a blowjob. Could somebody assist with that? And like, <laughs> that's literally what I wrote. And my friend came in and was like, you're not doing it right. Here. And I, I, I moved away, and he goes, "Type this in," and he typed in, "I want to, I want a blowjob right now. Somebody come over and give me one." Yeah, right. Like Twenty seconds. I had a ton of responses, and so this dude came over, uh-huh. who I didn't know. He sent a picture of himself, and I was like, "Okay, you're hot. I'll, okay." Mm-hmm. So he came over. <laughs> okay, yeah, you'll yeah. do. <laughs> you'll do. He came over, and I came within. I he came over. We started making out. He got me on the bed. We started doing things and then all of a sudden I came really fast because I'd never been touched. I'd never been stimulated. So I came within probably a minute. Um, 
and he goes, oh, you've done this before, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, many, many like, tons of times. I was lying through my <laughs> yeah. teeth. And so then he helped me come again. Wow, was, again. Well, I was 20. I had, a, I had a quick refractory period. Yeah. I'm older now. I don't have that luxury anymore. But, <laughs> but, uh, but so um, because I had come, I thought we were in a relationship. I, I didn't know. I was very naive. Oh, of course, I thought, yeah. I thought if you mm. made me come, I was we were going to be together. And so I well, boyfriend and boyfriend forever now. Oh, yeah, or like when you but, kiss each other and you're like, we're together now. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't understand that it's literally just a fuck. Yeah. Um. So I, I remember lying there with him on top of me, and I had just finished coming for the second time, and I mm-hmm. said to him, I looked out at, at my room, and I saw my wheelchair, mm-hmm. like in the corner, mm-hmm. and I said, oh. We should go on a date. We should have like coffee. We should go to the movies or something. I don't know. I was trying to be like super kind to this guy. And he goes, he goes, oh, oh. And I went, oh, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, well, do you see your chair over there? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I just came by because I felt bad for you. I wanted to help you out. (gasps) You were actually just a pity fuck. He actually no, said that. Actually said those words to me, and I oh, remember. And I dick. remember two things happened simultaneously when this happened. I felt immediately upset, but I couldn't yeah. show him I was upset because oh, he was on top of me, and I had to. I had to pretend like it's cool what you just said. Like it's uh, it's all right, it's good. So oh. I said, "Oh, oh, cool. Thanks for the thanks for thanks." Yeah, thanks for the pity fuck, asshole. And then he left. And I was, I remember sitting in my bed with my best friend for three days watching, didn't eat, didn't go anywhere, just watched romantic comedies for like three days. I was like, I need something to make me feel better. And I don't like, so that, that, that moment where he said that to me has been, will forever be etched in my brain because it really colored the way I see sex and disability and the mm-hmm. way I see my body and the way I am sexualized. Mm. And I wish that I could have a do-over because it was just... It, nobody wants to hear that. No, nobody you, should hear that. That yeah, was really wrong for them. It should... No, no one should ever be someone's pity fuck. I think mm-hmm. that, I think mm-hmm. the fact that that's even the language we use to describe any kind of sex with anyone mm-hmm. is deplorable. It's horrible. Yeah. He, should, he shouldn't have done it anyway. If, if he was thinking it was a pity fuck, that's... That's not good on on like why would why why would you want to do that to yourself let alone to another person like yeah. no one yeah. should give anyone a pity fuck and no. then on top of that like what is going through your brain to want to do that I just don't I don't understand like what you're trying to get good fucking Jesus points or something yeah no, it doesn't and like work why like would you tell why and even if you are why mm. would you tell the person why would you feel the need to be like oh you're this yeah so yeah. coldly. Yeah, because that, like, obviously that would have stuck with you, or it has stuck with you, and then gone with you into your next sexual experience. And like, ha- I guess, like, how did you get past having such, like, also, it's, it's an emotional trauma. Yeah. Like, having someone say that to you, and then, and then, like, what did, like, how did you then think of sex and, like, your next sexual encounter? I didn't have sex for months after that. I didn't. I was yeah. like, if this is what sex is, I never want to have it again. Yeah. Like, if this is what people are talking about all the time, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this. Like, I didn't have sex <laughs> yeah. for a long time after that. Um, and my my experiences after that weren't as bad, but they weren't great either. People mm. would still say weird stuff. They'd ask me if I can, could get an erection as they were going down on me. They were they would ask me like does your dick work as we were making out? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? These are questions you, first of all, shouldn't be asking me ever. Mm-hmm. But also, you should not be asking me, especially when I'm trying to, like, fuck you. Because, yeah. like, yeah. so, so they weren't great, which is kind of why years and years down the road, I turned, I turned to working with sex workers because yeah. I was like, at least I can curate that experience a little bit to what I, mm-hmm. what I want. And yeah. I can set the boundaries and I can set the controls and I can, you know, obviously I'm working with the person, so I can't make them do, mm. I can't make them do anything, but I can work with them to find a sweet spot. And that's really with John, my primary worker, that's what we've kind of cultivated together. And I, 
would almost say that working with a sex worker is better than unpaid sex because mm-hmm. you yeah really have time to cultivate a relationship in a uh healthy boundaried way that is comfortable for both of you yeah i mean it's very similar to going out and it's a service you're you're basically getting a plumber to come over and fix your pipes it's pretty you're, much you're, you're paying someone <laughs> to come over and fuck you good and yes people are people and it doesn't always connect but it is a service that that we didn't you know if you asked your mate to come over and fix your pipes they'd probably do a fucking shit job yeah. sex workers mm. that is their job and they often or not they know what they're doing with sex and they have that communication already in them mm-hmm. and I've worked with sex workers where it didn't connect and we didn't mm-hmm. click and I yeah. wouldn't hire them again and I said thank you very much for the attempt at making me yeah. feel good and uh, and I've had sex workers say ableist stuff to me when they didn't mean to and like so that's why with with John he's really the only one that I see and it's you know it, there's just a comfort level with him where I don't have to worry. I don't have to feel yeah. unsafe. I don't have to feel, mm. I don't have to feel scared. He's going to say something inappropriate. And if he does, we can laugh about it or I can educate mm-hmm. him if I want to. Like there's, or if I say something inappropriate, like we can talk about it because we built a relationship yes. with each other. So it, there's no fear of like, Oh my God, this is a one-time thing and, and I'm yeah. going to see him again. And it has to go great. We can be human with each other. And that feels nice. Yeah, Yeah. I think obviously the most important thing is opening up these conversations about disability and sex, because I guess the reason that people have like gone into those situations and not reacted well is because education wasn't there as well. Like, why are we not taught about this in sex education? Mm -hmm. That's a (laughs) that's a great question. And in the work I do with Handy which I'll give it a quick plug because yeah, of course, it's please. Great. It's please. my new sex toy company and my sex and my sexuality brand that I'm working on with my sister mm-hmm. Heather Morrison, who lives in Australia. She's the CEO and founder, and I am the co-founder. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and so our company strives to be the first the first company to build and create a sex toy for people with hand limitations mm-hmm. and for people with disabilities, but also create a new sex toy for everybody as yeah. well as move the conversation forward. So in a lot of our work, what we're going to be eventually doing, not right now, but at some point, we're going to be looking at talking about sex education and disability and why isn't that in there? And mm-hmm. that's a great question because it's not in there, unfortunately. It's not something that we talk about readily. And I think it's because there are so few resources on sex and disability. There's there's two that I can think of right now mm-hmm. that, that are, but they're like, they're almost 20 years on. Yeah. Nothing so current. They're, they're not current. They're not updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we don't have sexual, we don't have disability educators, period. Not just for sex, but just education generally. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a disabled prof mm-hmm. or a disabled lecturer? Mm-hmm. It's very rare. Very rare. And that's a problem, I think. Yeah. There needs to be problem. way more of us. And we're we're out there, we're just not being hired. Yeah. So hire us. Hire me. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I do that shit. Pick me. <laughs> Please. Yeah, you could be mm. like the next like sex educator in the school near you. Like Yeah. I mean, hey, anybody wants to hire me, Zoom's a thing right now. It's <laughs> pandemic times. I'll do yeah. it for you. My fees are not super lots, but I just still gotta eat. <laughs> and I gotta I gotta pay my sex workers. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, higher, higher. (laughs) I mean, we just need to see more variety anyway, especially when it comes to sex ed. It's bigger than just penis and vagina. Oh, yeah. It's bigger than STIs. It's bigger than a baby. It's bigger than a child. It's so much more more about how do you feel when Mm -hmm. you're having sex. And Mm -hmm. for disabled people, to answer your larger question, for disabled people, most of sex ed is risk. So all Mm -hmm. they ever hear is, if you have sex with a disabled person, they are at risk because they're a vulnerable person. They could mm-hmm. be hurt. They could be abused. They could be, uh, you know, they could get an STI, all mm-hmm. these things. And that's that, that, all of that is true. All of that is possible. But it doesn't mean that they also can't enjoy pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they can't enjoy masturbation. Does doesn't mean that they can't enjoy um, their bodies. And so we need education for disabled-bodied individuals that looks at what kind of touch feels good for you, yes. what kind of touch feels bad for you, how does your disabled body make you feel, what is your internalized ableism 
feelings about your body. Like we need mm-hmm. stuff that really digs into that shit first. Yeah. Because that's the stuff that disabled people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Body image, body dysmorphia, all these things around their bodies because their bodies are not properly represented in our culture. Yeah. So when it gets time for them to take off their clothes with a partner, of course they're concerned. Mm. Of course they're upset because they don't see themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. This is a this is an advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. This is an ad from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get like Just fill out. <clears throat> Why is it so hard to do? I'm like looking that way. I'm like, I can't <laughs> do this. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety <laughs> of expertise. <laughs> with over a thousand, with over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Do you think I need to say that again? This episode is sponsored by Beducated. As you all know, I've been on a little bit of a celibacy journey, (laughs) meaning I haven't had sex in over a month. So I've been looking into how I can experience more pleasure with my solo sex. And this is where Beducated comes in because they have all the courses that I need to learn how to do like sensual reawakening with my vulva and tantric massage. And also I saw a course on there about learning how to dirty talk. I know this is completely not relevant, but (laughs) I'm really intrigued. No, it's all relevant. Beducated is this really amazing website where you can sign up to do courses and learn about sex like dirty talking. I've been doing a squirting course. (gasps) Oh, wow. So... In all spirit of masturbation may, we're sharing Beducated with you. Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation may to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure and masturbate. And it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate. So Florence, what have you been learning in your course? I've been learning techniques that I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation. Which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more? The technique thing has been blowing my mind. Like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like not going straight into G-spot stimulation, she's explaining everything that... You know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E curious. Don't say we don't look after you. And of course, you can try all Beducated courses for one day absolutely free and you won't be charged for the first 24 hours. You can cancel any time and they have a 14-day money-back guarantee. So invest in your love life today and join Beducated. Now from just 
$8.33 per month. Get access to over 100 courses online from the world's top experts. To get on Beducated now, click the link in the description and remember to use our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, CURIOUS. Invest in your solo pleasure this masturbation may or use it with a partner. You can also get a personalised Beducated gift card for your loved ones. Happy wanking! We wanted to tell you about our Patreon. We just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves. You can find all the links to the right stuffs in the show notes, in the description, and of course on our social media, on our little link tree. So yeah, check it out and come say hi. Every, I agree Like with everything you say. It's just like, yes, like we need to have these conversations. We need to hear this and mm. like it would just help so many people so mm-hmm. many it would it would so really change the game and like i said earlier all of us are going to become disabled yeah at some point so wouldn't you want education that's geared to you so that when that happens to you you know what the fuck to do yeah you're yeah. prepared like wouldn't you want that so why aren't we doing it like, yeah mm. yeah fuck three the best fuck Um, any fuck with my sex worker? (laughs) (laughs) Every single one. Like, he... I have to say, it's so... It's just so fun to spend time with him. A lot of our sex is not... I am not on the receiving end of penetration usually Mm because that's just too hard for my body to do. So I Mm -hmm. I would be the top. And it... Like I I said, I can't thrust, but he will sit on my dick and 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 fuck himself with my dick and, mm. and we'll make out a bunch and i'll eat him out like a champion and like there's so <laughs> much stuff that we do that isn't again not just based on the fuck it's yeah. based on our time together and so those those are things that that i just really enjoy and i i loved the first time that i was with him and and, mm-hmm. and i love being someone's first disabled fuck i really do yeah Yeah. because it shows them how fun it can be Mm -hmm. and how great it is and how 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 different it is and i love doing that and so when i fucked him the first time i was just so happy because i was like i was like i am giving this person pleasure and i can tell that i am and that was really nice and so yeah anytime i get to spend with him really and truly i look so forward to our sessions because like i'll text him like the day before a day or two before and be like Two more days. Two more, like, two. You know, like, <laughs> the excitement. Because I'm, I'm excited. And I, I think, you know, it makes me feel good to work with somebody that I just feel safe with. And I mm-hmm. I, I haven't often felt safe in my disabled body with a lot of my sexual partners. And I don't mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't mean, like, from harm. I just mean safe to be as disabled as I need to be in that moment. And he allows yeah. for that. And he allows for us to joke and play around and laugh with each other and just... It makes our sex so much better for me. And, and I've said to him a number of times over our, our knowing each other that it's literally the best sex I've ever had. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because of the the fucking. It's because of, of the emotional intimacy yeah. that we have cultivated with each other. Mm, well, being comfortable while having sex is the best thing that you could possibly ask for. It's just it's that's when you're allowed to enjoy yourself. And even if you're not having sex or something... You know, like you shit the bed, for example, which has happened to me plenty of times. Just yeah. having someone go like, "Ha, that's <laughs> hilarious! It's all cool," and not making it into a thing. Oh yeah, like I have IBS, so like oh, I, oh man, read those as well. <laughs> like I understand exactly those fears. Like it's a constant worry. It's like if I get too excited, will I shit the bed? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How, how yeah. do you? I don't know if this is like I don't know if this question is is a bad thing to say but like how do you it's deal not. with having a emotional question uh, an emotional connection with a sex worker i think you you learn boundaries and you start mm-hmm. talking about what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with and you just start like when i first met john i would text him way too much and way <laughs> too often because i was excited i was i was yeah turned on and i wanted that attention from somebody that i really was attracted to yeah and I, I remember one day after a couple of weeks of that, he he messaged me and said, look, I really like talking to you. I really enjoy our time together. It's important to me, but you have to remember, this is also my job. So if you're texting me a million times a day, 
I mean, they're going to have to charge you more for those because it's, <laughs> it's my work. Yeah. Or, or, you know, we're going to have to set a boundary. And at first, mm-hmm. I was really upset and I was really like, yeah. I, was, I was hurt. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, he's telling me. He's not just ghosting me and leaving. Mm-hmm. He's being honest about what he needs. And so that really kind of made me remember that if you, if I smother him, he's not going to want to come back. And so I have to respect that he's a human with his own life and his own his own needs. And I can't make him, just because I want attention, doesn't mean that it has to be from him. And it's not fair yeah. to, to expect all this. So it it took that for me to realize that I had to back off a little bit. But now I, I appreciate that he told me because now I am really cognizant of of what his needs are and if he can't talk to me he'll just say i can't talk to you right now but i hope you're having a good day bye like it's (laughs) it's really comfortable and it 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 didn't it didn't end our connection it it actually strengthened it because he yes he told me the truth yeah Mm -hmm. i think like honesty and communication in any kind of relationship uh is like it's the be all and end all like you need it and sometimes it takes those moments when you do feel pain and do feel hurt to really sort of get to the next level of understanding about yourself and the other person yeah completely and what i learned from that is he didn't hurt me he Mm. simply told me the truth i was hurt because i had this expectation that why isn't he texting me all the time too i also think that that goes to show that a lot of a lot of disabled people who can't work like or who don't have a nine-to-five job Mm. have a lot of time in their hands they get Mm. bored they want attention and i thought i could you know, I was at home a lot at that point and I could get attention from him, but it wasn't fair of me and it wasn't it wasn't kind of me to expect he's going to drop his whole life to constantly text me. That's not fair. Yeah. So I I have, you know, learned to to not do that so much. And doesn't I, I also taught myself it doesn't mean he doesn't like you. It doesn't yeah. mean you're not important to him. It just means he can't be on the phone every five seconds to talk to you. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I've definitely had to do a similar thing when I like start seeing someone new and like all I want to do is just like text them all the time. And you're like, <laughs> they are not going to stick around, Florence, if no. you do that. <laughs> yeah, like don't do that. Just be cool. Be cool. Like yeah, busy yourself. Like don't do that. And so like it taught me to really respect and also just to respect him. He, mm. he Nobody wants to be smothered. Nobody wants that. So I try to really be cognizant of that. I mean, it's slightly different now in pandemic times because yeah. mm-hmm. there's like everyone's kind of isolated. So we text a little bit more now because we yeah. understand that we haven't seen each other in forever. And there's yeah. there it's nice to talk to each other. But when it wasn't pandemic times, like we would we would go two or three days without talking and that's fine. It doesn't mean, yeah. doesn't mean that we're not, we still can't pick up and chat whenever. It's going to be absolute fireworks when you see each other. Oh my yeah. God. I cannot wait. I <laughs> oh cannot wait. And the <laughs> pandemic, I don't know if this has happened to anyone else, but because we've got more free time on our hands, just that little bit more, we're just so much more hornier and we've, oh al- we've got yeah. time mm-hmm. to be horny. No just our mind goes crazy. <laughs> like I want to fuck everything and everyone. <laughs> everything and anything that moves. All and the time. Isn't it evil, right? We were talking about this earlier, like with masks. Everyone with a mask on is hot. Like their eyes are hot, their top heads hot. And you're yeah. just like, you're fucking hot. And then they remove the mask. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Or like, oh, no, I can't fuck you because you're coughing. Or like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, and just like, yeah, put, put the mask back on and let's do this. Like. Yeah, let's figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The amount of cab drivers I fancy during this time. Oh my goodness! There are are you are you in London? Are you in? Are yeah, you in, we're in London. Yeah. I was yeah. in London last fall. I was in. I stayed in Canary Wharf. There were some beautiful cab drivers. <laughs> yeah. That I saw the one the one guy that picked me up from um from St Pancras Station because I was mm-hmm. in Paris for a few days first, and we went we took the channel to London. And so the guy that picked me up from the station, I literally was like, oh, he was the hottest. (laughs) And he was like, actually, he was like one of the first British people that I had ever heard talk in London. So I was like, okay, I love you. Whoever you are, you're great. I just want to fuck your voice. And you get the cab fantasy as well. Like, just pull over and fuck me in the back of the seat. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would have been impossible given that I was in my wheelchair. But yes. (laughs) Just give me a head. Shh. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm doing like the head bobbing noise, like shh, please. 
Mm. <laughs> With oh. consent and love, of course, of course. Of course. Well, of course, yeah. You're like, I don't know why I'm shushing him, but I'm minus love. I'm... <laughs> love in the moment. Love in the Not moment. Forever. Mm. Exactly. Fuck number four. The worst fuck. Wasn't a fuck. Was a was the date that I was going to have with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never ended up fucking or getting anywhere near sex. Yeah. We were, we were, we had planned to, and then he came over and the first thing he says when he walked to my door was, where's your nurse? What? And I what? was like, excuse me? He's like, your nurse, when are they coming back to help you? And I was like, I don't have a nurse. I have personal care attendants, but I don't have a nurse. And that's yeah. I, like I don't live in a uh, I mean, I do live in assisted living, but not mm-hmm. a hospital. I don't live in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not. A, I'm not in a hospice, dying. So like, it was very weird. <laughs> and then he was like, "Are they gonna clean you? Cause oh, you might be dirty." And I said, "I said, what do you mean I'm dirty?" And he goes, "Well, you're sitting in your chair all day. You might sweat." And I said, "Yeah, I might sweat, but um." So does everyone else? Yeah. But, like, How was that also, any different to sitting on an office desk for eight hours? Also, like it's gay sex, and you should be used to man smells if you're gonna get down in there and do mm-hmm. that shit. Like, How? What? So he ended up sitting there, sitting down and asking me if I could feel anything. And I was like, well, yeah, but you've asked me like four offensive questions within the first five minutes wow. of me knowing you. And so I remember just saying to him, like, I don't want to, I don't really want to fuck. Like, thanks for coming over and leave. Yeah, yeah. Get out. Yeah. Good. Uh, thank God you stood your ground because that just sounds, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in that situation might have just allowed that to happen. Uh, no, and I have had experiences. I had experiences mm-hmm. with a sex worker, and I talked about this on my podcast, but I'll share it here too. I had experience mm-hmm. with a sex worker probably a year and a half ago, two summers ago, maybe last summer. I can't remember. It was just, pandemic time makes everything feel weird. Yeah. Uh, right. Some time ago, and he came over to do, have the session, and he when I when I messaged him about booking, he was like. Well, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Do you want me to take care of you? And right away, I was like, okay, that's a red flag. Like that's mm-hmm. weird. But all right, yeah. you're hot. I'll ignore that for a minute. I'll let, <laughs> I'll let you come over and see what your dick is like. Yeah. So he comes. He comes over, and we're doing the things. We're making out. We're I'm, we're making all the right noises, and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And he gets right close to my ear, and he goes, "You have such a good heart." What? And I said, "Excuse me," <laughs> and he goes. A little bit louder. You have such a good heart. And I went, what? Yeah, why? And he goes, well, you know, you have a good heart because you're disabled. And I was like. <sighs> what, does that, what does that even mean? Yeah, why? It's like, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know anything about me. All you literally know is I want you to come over and fuck me and go. Yeah. What, what, you don't know anything about me. I could be a psychopath. I could be murdering cats on the daily. And you're saying to me I've got a good heart? <laughs> yeah, like, you don't know, you don't know what, who I am. And so I, I felt weird about that. And then mm. when he first, I forgot this part, when he first came in to the to my apartment, like he flopped down on the couch and he goes, oh, you're so handy capable. And I went, oh. are, you, are you kidding? Like, oh. is it, a, are you, and I was waiting for him to like make a joke. And he goes, oh, no, no, you're handy capable. You're so independent. And I was like. Again, you don't know anything about me. I literally, yeah. I literally hired you to come over and suck my dick. Yeah. And booked you to do that. I've told you nothing about myself mm-hmm. other than I think you're attractive. Let's go fuck. Why are you saying these things? <laughs> like, what are you so saying? You, yeah. There is a thing called over trying, right? Where you're just ending up saying the worst thing possible. Yeah, no, he's trying way too hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like he. It's like he thinks that you're going to like these things that he's saying. Yeah, right? he, I, I'm sure he didn't mean it. But then at the end of our session, he was like. Can you, because he was already there, and I was like, I'm already in the middle of it, I'll just come yeah. and you can leave. So then, like, when we were done, he goes, oh, can you leave me a five-star review? Oh, then, my God. And I was like, no, I cannot. Oh, no. Do you think, do you think, he, do you get fetishized being disabled? Do you think he was into it in, like, a weird way? I don't know. I have a, my feelings about being fetishized are... I'm okay with it as mm-hmm. long as you don't dehumanize the person you're sleeping with. Yes, yeah. So if you if you turn my disability into something where you have to take care of me mm-hmm. and where you have to be my savior and where you have to do something that takes mm. away from my autonomy in the situation, 
I want nothing to do with it. But if we make a joke about how, like, you know, I can't move the same way, I make a joke constantly about how I'm I'm a dead turtle in bed. Mm-hmm. So my one yeah. position is lying on my back and being unable to move like a dead turtle. <laughs> so I'm dead turtle. Um, you know, that's something that I make all the time in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is playful. And I'll say to I'll say to my primary worker, like, I want us to be able to juggle about this because it's a part of my life. I want us to be able to t- to laugh about this because what I'm doing by telling you that is I trust you enough and I care about you enough to bring you into that conversation and allow you to to laugh with me about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it, I suppose it's like um so when I when I'm going through a really bad mental health spot of like uh, obsessive compulsive disorder but then making a joke about being crazy or something and that's uh, often or not humor is a coping mechanism for all of us and taking the piss when i'm in a really bad vulnerable state with mental health um and just like having a bit of a laugh about it oh yeah like i'm crazy haha or in bed um mm. and i've got like a fear of having a tampon stuck up me and i can't get that thought out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> which is a really I have annoying so many questions <laughs> It's a really annoying, intrusive thought. And I've I've only had a tampon stuck up me once, but of course, obsessive compulsive disorder. I have disorder. a catheter stuck up me four times a day, so I understand the fear. Oh, the, the, I mean, you have real genuine fear. This is just like a, a thought that's like, oh, hey, but you might, and therefore sex gets in the way. I mean, as much as we, we shouldn't really compare uh, physical disability and mental disability, there are still so many similarities. There are similarities. I think it's okay. I think... I'm going to stop you there. I think it's yeah. okay to talk about the similarities. I think it's okay to, now that I know you have an invisible disability, and thank mm-hmm. you for being so open about it, because I know it's hard to share that. Now that I know Absolutely. you have that, I would say it's okay to joke about that together because it's a yeah. different experience totally, but the humor can hold us through and make us and bond us together and like and make us closer. And I think a lot of my disabled friends that I that I am friends with, with both physical and, and and invisible and intellectual disabilities, all those things, we joke about it in a way that is communal, mm-hmm. other than, like, that no one else gets why the humor is funny except for us, and none of us care because it's like, you weren't supposed to know, and if you don't get it, then you're not part of this group. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck number five. The fuck that made me... Oh, that's a big question. Um, probably my first time with John. Mm. Really, because it made it showed me that having a working with a sex worker can be amazing. Mm-hmm. Was he the first yeah. sex worker you ever worked with? No, I worked with a few before, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. They weren't mm. they weren't communicative. They some of them ghosted me without talking to me about it. Mm. Some of them left me with you know. Some of them, I fucked one of them in an elevator in Toronto, and they left me with my pants down in there. Oh! Um, so, Fuck. you know, some what? of them have been really shitty to me, and I, mm-hmm. I, I really... So, John, like, John was just... He changed the game for me because he was honest mm-hmm. from yeah. the start, and he was really... He initially tried to be a bit of a character and tried to be, be a bit of this, like... The character that he presented himself, because obviously his his porn persona and his like sex worker persona is not a hundred percent of who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, I, and I, I wonder Reed for you as a, as a sex worker, like you have to play a little bit of character to protect yourself. And I get that. And yeah, I, res- for sure. I, I and respect it's marketing. that. It's marketing. Yeah. To it's extent. marketing. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so I respect that. But with him now we have this, like I was saying, this comfort of like, we, He's a little bit of that character, but not so much anymore. And that feels nice because I can be myself. And so I guess to answer the larger question, the fuck that changed my life the first time with him. But also we shot my first porn together. <gasps> I was yes. asked, I was asked by a company to do a, a porn mm-hmm. for their site. Um, his name is Baby Wavy and he runs a he runs like a gay sex podcast and website and kind of like media thing and he asked me to do he also runs a porn company called Himeros TV mm-hmm. where you can buy the video um, and he asked me to do to do a video for their two year anniversary or whatever of like 
take a video that they've done and reproduce it as an amateur with someone that you know. And so he reached out to me and said, I know you want to do porn. This might be a really cool opportunity for you. Do you want to do it? And I was like, okay, well, what is involved? He was like, well, you have to find somebody to fuck with and you just have to shoot it on your iPhone. And I was like, well, that's great. And so there's there's images of John putting me in my sling and, and kissing me in my wheelchair. And we spent, before we shot that, we spent two or three hours sitting down with each other and mm-hmm. figuring out where the wheelchair would be in the shot. Because mm-hmm. I said, I want to show my wheelchair here. I want to show my all parts of my disabled experience in the, in the bedroom. Yeah. And so we figured out where the wheelchair would be. We figured out like how he would kiss me to make sure that it showed that I was in a chair. Like we, we had, wow. we had a scene where he put me from my wheelchair into the sling, into the bed. And that was sexy. Like yeah, all of the stuff that we did normally in our sessions, but mm-hmm. now on film. And also yeah. I got to act. Oh, yes. Him. Like I got to act like, and I wasn't really acting. I was just enjoying <laughs> I was enjoying him, but I got to play. The scene was we were two brothers, so it was a bit of an incesty, incesty point thing happening. I'm so, so down for that incest live, baby. So we will, you know, we In did fantasy. that, and In, it was yeah, fantasy, yeah, fantasy, yeah. I shouldn't yes. have to explain yeah. that. <laughs> fantasy. Um, so you know, we we I remember the scene was he was coming to put me to bed because our quote mom mm-hmm. couldn't put me to bed that night so he was coming to put me to bed and like and it played it played perfectly with the fact that i was a disabled person and put all the elements together to show that like of course he's coming to put me to bed because i'm disabled and of course he would use this the hoist because i'm disabled and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all this stuff that put, made my disability also part of it was really yeah. powerful and i love Every couple of months, I'll show it. I'll share a screenshot of that on my Twitter or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And I just think it's so iconic because you never ever see a disabled person who uses a wheelchair, co- who has complex disabilities, enjoying mm-hmm. sex, choosing to be sexual when they want to be with somebody that also is helping them enjoy sex. Yeah. And they're, they're also giving pleasure. So that that is not the one that changed my life, but working with him. Has changed my life. It I sounds mean, pretty an, groundbreaking. Yeah, I want to watch this porno because it sounds fucking amazing. Send it, I can send it over. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay for my porn. I'm all up for paying for my porn. I appreciate that. I will send you the link. That's where you can buy it. <laughs> I'll send you a little tip. Hey, baby. <laughs> that sounds That's... so great, though. Like, we definitely need to see more people who are disabled in porn and a mm. variety. I mean, I know that it's opening up now with varieties of body shapes and sizes and skin colors but it's it's still we're still not there yet with disability especially yeah. in porn why why do you think that is because how do you market that how mm-hmm. do you market it without making it a fetish how yeah. do you market mm-hmm. it without making it uh salacious how do you market it without making it uh, inspiration porn how do you how do you market it and how we've been taught so long that the disabled body is not worthy, the disabled body is not sexy, how can you go out there and then create a product that says disabled people are hot? How do you do that? And yeah. So, like, so like I think I think directors are scared of it. Like, big... And, you know, the good thing about the way that our technology is moving, nobody needs a big studio anymore. You need no. an OnlyFans account and, like, exactly. yeah. and like a camera. <laughs> and so a lot of... I did a podcast episode with... The online, their online personas go ask Alex and mm-hmm. they do cam videos. They're a cam performer and mm-hmm. they have invisible disabilities and some physical disability and some um, intestinal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I did an episode with them and we talked about their kind of trying to build their cam persona as a disabled performer. Yeah. And so I think, I think there are a lot of disabled performers out there who are just turning on the camera and trying. And so I used to want to be represented by a big studio and do big studio porn. Now I could give a fuck about that. I want to turn on my camera and go. And like, so, so, you know, when John and I see each other again, we're going to just film some shit and see what comes of it. Like for his, do you have an OnlyFans? Are you going to get No, I I don't have an OnlyFans, but I do have a Patreon. Okay. Mm. If somebody wants to give me, Money for the podcast and for yes. the because my worry is that I also do educational stuff and I don't want to yeah. 
as much as I I love my porn and I'm proud of it, I don't mm-hmm. want to muddy the waters too much and make yeah, it too. It's it's a really it's a really tenuous line you have to mm-hmm. kind of walk. So I'm very careful. We're, we're yeah. still but, living in that weird age of of like, can you be educational and also do sex work or also work in eighteen plus, twenty one plus stuff? Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that can be complicated. Yeah. Wait till our handy toy is ready. We, we, oh, please! Wait. I cannot it's, wait. It is a toy that is hands free. Mm-hmm. It's the size of a pool noodle, and you lie on it, and it. Oh vibrates. my. God, that sounds amazing. That sounds so good. We are so excited by it because it's something that we've never seen in the market before. And it's not a dildo. It's not not just a vibrator. It's a whole hands-free experience. Oh. And that is something like... Like, my sister is the CEO, so so she can speak way way more to the production side Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. But I am so excited by that. And so I'm just going to, again, plug it. If you want to find out more about it Mm. or support it you can go to www. that's handy with an i t h a t s h a n d i dot co mm-hmm. and sign up for updates and follow our work and we also do blogs and videos and a a separate podcast of our own within my podcast about the handicast and how we came to the idea and we talk to educators it's really fun oh sounds really, amazing really so proud good of it. Yeah, we'd love to talk about it on our YouTube channel. Yes. Oh, yeah, just, let us so, know. Someone yeah. over to us and we'll, we'll both use it and wipe it down and then and use it again. It as, soon like, as, I mean, as soon as it's ready right now, we just have like beautiful pictures and renders. Yeah. It's not ready, ready yet, but it's like sort of ready. Do we have down. a date in mind for when it might be? We're hoping that it will be ready by May 2021. <gasps> so exciting. But nice. who the f- Fuck knows with pandemic yeah, timelines, right? That's so true. In, we don't know anything meantime, right now. Yeah, like in the meantime, we're working on a book around sex and disability with awesome contributors from all over the Ooh. world talking about their experiences. So I just wanted to use those two minutes to plug. To yeah. plug. That's handy. So please oh, follow absolutely. us and support plug us. Away. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. For fuck's sake. I have this week's sex question for the podcast. I'm ready, yes. How can I feel less ashamed after I masturbate and come to porn? I'm a male in my early teens and the first time I was exposed to anything sexual was seeing porn by accident. I feel like this question a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I remember, I remember being a teenager, watching porn for the first time, going on Pornhub or something, like a free tube site, and watching something and like obviously it was feeling great at the time but then immediately <laughs> afterwards immediately after i came it was like oh god like, the guilt the shame what did i just do mm. <laughs> i never came to porn i used to i used to i'm probably much older than the two of you so <laughs> i no. i used to watch porn on dial-up internet oh right so did I. okay good all right just making sure i used yeah. to watch porn on, on dial-up and so my dad would go away. He would. He was. He was a musician. He so he would go and work, or do something for the afternoon. And I would. He'd leave me home alone and safe, and be. I'd be safe, but he would go to work. And so I would log on the dial-up internet, which took forever. You remember? Oh, like, like, so like, Yeah, that that yeah. thing. And so I'd finally get on, and I would go on porn sites to look mm-hmm. at gay porn to figure out if I was actually gay and if it was like mm. cool. And <laughs> he would always come home and not announce he was coming home. Oh, he would just pop through the no. door. So I'd always have to constantly like click out my porn. And because I have spastic disabilities, like <laughs> moving oh, a little no. bit slower for me, I could never <laughs> click it off in time. And he never caught me. But there were moments where he'd walk just. right in the room. There was one or two moments where he probably saw a, a computer-generated dick somewhere. Yeah, and I, I would say something like, oh, no, it just popped up. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, no. <laughs> that is such an... That's actually such a good tactic. I never thought about doing that. I remember watching really messed up porn on the family computer and... Like my, I, I didn't know how to delete history, so I yeah. guarantee you, my mum must have seen this, being like, "Oh my god, one of my children's a messed up in there." <laughs> one of my children is a super pervert. Yeah, like, super perv. Yeah. Oh, but my my first experience was 
was gay porn, like male male porn, and I just till, still to this day it's my absolute favorite genre, male male. I am so curious to hear from a from a female bodied person. Um, why? Mm. What is? <laughs> it's a real why? good question. I mean, I always say it's like I like men, so why wouldn't I want two hot men together? I don't, I don't see why. Like, it's just two of my favorite things. But then I also, I, I like, I love all porn. I love yeah. like, straight porn female porn transport like all porn it depends on it's the all act great that doing. i think it's yeah the act and i think it also depends on their connection yeah I mean, when you buy the porn from himorose.tv you can see john and i connecting in a way that makes it more really fun oh. so you'll see like why we're good but like i'm curious so i've also heard that women are i'm always really curious i'm always really like gentle with the language because i never know what what's the appropriate terminology yeah but people with vaginas who mm-hmm. watch straight or who watch gay male porn, mm-hmm. are they turned on because they're watching another man, in some cases, submit? Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I, it's very much like a dominant submissive, submissive thing for me. I remember being into, like, fan fiction back in the day when you have your favourite bands, like My Chemical Romance, and all I would do is spend all my time <laughs> reading about, like, them <laughs> fucking each other. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know whether it's, like... Yeah, I don't know whether it's ultimately dominant and ultimately submissive because it's two men, but it's mm. definitely an element of power play there. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if I was watching any porn where they were, if it was a, a guy and a guy, a girl and a girl, a guy and a girl, and they were both very equal and loving, that wouldn't necessarily turn me on. So that must just be my own kink. It's, but specifically, two men, especially like edging and orgasm control... Edging is so fucking hot. It's, it's my so favorite, aside from eating, aside from eating an ass out, because that's also my favorite thing to do. Oh, it's so hot. You need to watch the, Men on Edge. And I, that is yeah. at, from kink.com. That is my favorite site at the moment. Obsessed with Men on Edge. to it. I'll get, I'll have a look at it. Um, I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. <laughs> no, but my, I love edging just as much as I love eating ass. Yeah. I love eating ass and I'll explain why. And then I'll answer the question because I think this. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we've gone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but no, I love eating ass because it's accessible. I don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. The person literally just has to sit on my face, and I don't have to move. So I would say that ass eating is the most accessible sex act out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, eat more ass, disabled folks. Oh, it's great. Everyone should eat more ass. Yeah. Whether you're just straight, gay, bi, pan, eat more ass. That should. Just I think be a you given. found the title of this podcast you are ass Andrew Gerzo says you are ass but to answer Anonymous's question. question about mm-hmm. how do you how do you feel less shame mm-hmm. I don't think you do feel less shame I think you need to sit with the shame and figure out what are you ashamed about mm-hmm. why are you ashamed where does it come from um, because it's not bad what you're describing and watching porn is not a bad thing and mm-hmm. you you being a young teenage male I would think I would I would have I'm surprised I'm happy you were vulnerable enough to share you were ashamed Mm -hmm. because that's hard I would have thought that you would be excited by that Mm. versus ashamed Mm. so thank you so much for sharing that my advice would be don't 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 shy away from the shame think about it talk about it write it down like talk about it within your your own self to figure out where does it come from what is it rooted in? Why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And is is it is it okay for you to let that go and just enjoy yourself? Yeah, I, That's I was about, such a good answer. Yeah, that was that was like that was a an educator answer. That was a lecturer answer. Um, I, uh, I was I was gonna say I, that age could come into play but I still feel a lot of shame for stuff that I watch now and again because of new information that's come out in recent years about consent or about um, what we shouldn't be watching what we should be watching especially when you're dealing with things like kinks or fetishes Um, and me going along in my happy little teenage self being like yes I'm very proud about what I watch and then realizing oh shit maybe I shouldn't be proud about what I watch and now I have to taint Mm. my language and the way that I think about it even though yes like a lot of it is role play and I mean one some of the stuff that I'm into is really controversial and the way that I enjoy that I, I have to be careful about how I talk about it but it's also understanding you're right where that shame comes from and 
being able to sit in it and process it rather than hiding away. Uh, a lot of the time it does make you want things more, but that's just the human brain fucking yeah. us over, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think for this young person writing in, first of all, thank you for writing in. That mm-hmm. takes, It takes guts to do what you did. Right. To, to talk about that, so thank you. But also, mm-hmm. to, but like I said, sit in the shame and it's okay. It's not... It's, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying sit in it and process it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about it. Don't feel bad about it or try not to or feel bad about it and think about that too. Like whatever feelings come, process them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe, I don't. I mean, obviously this might be hard, but talk to your friends because we're all doing the same things at that age. Everyone's watching porn. Like it is about opening up the conversation, Remember that right? Porn is what you're using to figure out what you like. Mm-hmm. Porn is what you're using to figure out what you don't like. Porn is what you're using to figure out where your sexuality is yeah. because you need something to grasp onto to yeah. feel connected so and ultimately there is nothing wrong with watching porn it's a very no. normal and natural thing to do and it, it shouldn't be something that you feel shame for but i think that's why it's so important that you do sort of try to understand where that comes comes from mm. well thank you so much andrew for coming on this has been like amazing yeah, incredible thank, thank you both for having me on the fucks given podcast i guess i'll just shamelessly plug myself please do please do oh well we always ask our guests at the end just tell us everything where can our curious fuckers find you sure so <laughs> the, the curious fuckers can find me at it's andrew gerza that's it's andrew gerza on twitter and instagram that's where i'm most active i do a lot of talking about not only sexuality but especially the disability experience on there mm-hmm. so follow me if you want to support what i do you can listen to my podcast disability after dark the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories every thursday sometimes friday whenever i decide that i want to release it really we're on our (laughs) 204th episode as of this recording today wow um if you want to support that show financially that would be awesome uh patreon.com slash disability after dark you can follow my website www.andrewgerza.com and you can follow the that's handy team where we're making the first line of sex toys for and by people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us at www.thatshandy.co. Oh, Amazing. I cannot wait Thank to so see much. what happens with the handy handy toy. That sounds so exciting. We're we're really we're so excited oh amazing and and thanks for coming on here uh we've learned well i've learned so much from you and it's been such an invigorating conversation Uh, yeah i'm really fucking horny now so thanks i'm gonna have to go find some like dirty (laughs) gay porn great you can go to himaros.tv and download the the, and if you get a membership from there you can download my (laughs) porn called brothers yeah amazing i will do yeah brother's sons hot Everyone, if you have a sex story or a sex question that you want us to answer on the podcast, please email it in at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com. And mm. also, if you loved this episode, please give our podcast a rating and a review. And remember to subscribe if you have not already. Mm, the best kind of thing that you can do is share it. Send this to your loved ones. Well, I your family members, everyone. <laughs> oh, Please wow. follow us on Instagram and social media at Come Curious, which is C-O-M-E Curious. You can follow Florence at Florence Bark and myself at Read Amber X. And you can follow our YouTube channel as well, which has some fun videos on it. Woo! Yeah, we talk a lot, a lot about uh, bum stuff recently. Yeah, lots of so eight, much rimming, butt, butt play. Yeah. So yeah, everything that we it. spoke about in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And okay. thank you so much again, Andrew. We'll, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, sending you lots of love. Have a wonderful day. And we'll all, you'll hear from us next week. Yeah, goodbye, curious fuckers. Mm, bye. bye. bye.